Welcome to the IOMS podcast series, where we gather for conversations from top surgeons across the globe. In this series, we're exploring the history of the specialty from the unique point of view of each global region. How did the specialty evolve as a distinct area of practice? Who were the key players? Where's the specialty heading in the future? Stay tuned for insights into these questions and more. Let's listen in. We have an esteemed panel of guests here today, knowledgeable about the history of the specialty in Europe. Dr. Acero, would you mind offering introductions? First of all, I would like to thank you and the whole IMS team for organizing this uh, podcast. I think that the idea of a, having a view uh, over the history of the specialty through, throughout the world is excellent. And so we are proud. Uh, of taking part in this series of podcasts uh, from the European point of view. And for me, especially, it's a very sensitive time because as a former president of the International Association and current president of the European Association, really is a unique uh, opportunity to express our our feelings concerning the history of the specialty from the European point of view offered to the International Association. So we have, as you uh, very accurately uh, said, a distinguished panel of uh, people uh, taking part in this webinar. Uh, besides myself, as I said, I'm president of the European Association, working in Madrid. And uh, for president of the International Association, we have Dr. Professor Malio Gallie. Malio uh, is working in the Santana Hospital in Ferrara and was our European Education Officer before being now our president-elect. Dr. Calabresos, Nick Calabresos, is a, is it, he really represents the European spirit. And so I think he's a unique person to take part in this in this uh, opportunity because uh, he was born in one European country in Greece. It's the, let's say, where Europe was born as it's uh, uh, now, before, uh, now. And uh, he moves to be trained in Switzerland and with other tasks. And now he's working in London, in the University College of London. And he's a dedicated Max Lefersayon specialized in the head and neck collagic uh, surgery and reconstruction. Dr. Gallier, I say, say, so I, let's say, I, general Max Lefersayon, but his dedication especially to uh, deformities, uh, craniofacial malformations, and also like surgery, distraction, etc. And finally, we have with us Dr. Martin Granizo. Dr. Martin Granizo is working in Madrid, Spain, in the uh, Hospital Clinico. And uh, he is a person who is dedicated to the cool specialty, but especially dedicated to temporal mandibular joint uh, diseases. And uh, he is also here because uh, we had the pleasure, uh, together with Dr. Gallier, to invite him to be editors of a unique book, uh, which has been prepared by him. And Rafa uh, has reviewed the cool history of the European Association from the starting. We had a celebration of the 50th anniversary of the association some uh, months ago it was a difficult time but it's available in the in the world website and so you can also follow later uh, what, how was the history of the association from the point of view of this book wonderful thank you, thank you so much well cranial maxillofacial surgery as a specialty has evolved as a distinct area of practice but it wasn't always that way when did cmf distinguish itself as an area of practice and how did that come to be in europe Dr. Martin Granizo, would you begin? Sure. Thank you. First of all, I would like to, to thank the, the kind invitation to the podcast, also to congratulate the International Association for this initiative so interesting right now. And uh, first, I would like to start with some uh, words of uh, one of our presidents, but we're also president of the International Association, Dr. John Williams that talked in their book about um, uh, the creation of the specialty in Europe. And he said that uh, it has to be remembered that Europe is a widely differing collection of nations. And as far as our specialty was concerned, was divided in north, north, south, and east, west in terms of its origin. In the north of Europe, the origins were from dentistry. We said in the south, they were medically based. Similarly, Eastern Europe had a training in stomatology, a medical specialty with very little or no dentistry. 
a course which was also found in France. Only the German-speaking countries had developed from dual medical and dental training. Several countries, notably the United Kingdom, were to develop a similar training program to the Germans, and others were to follow in the course of time. Just to complicate matters further, the whole of Eastern Europe was isolated from the West by the Iron Curtain, created by the Soviet Union, which prevented any contact between surgeons on each either side. The East lacked any knowledge of the developments in the West for at least 40 years. At the same time, the European Economic Community was being established. There was a need to take on board this enormous political power since it would have a great influence on the specialty as harmonization of training was introduced for every medical specialty as part of the process necessary to permit freedom of movement and freedom of work in any of the affiliated nations. It is against this background that the European Association matured and the structure of the Council reflects the divisions. The President was also the person of responsible for the next Congress. The other officers were the General Secretary, Treasurer, Editor-in-Chief. There were consulars representing English-speaking and Scandinavian countries, German-speaking and East European countries, and Latin and other European countries. Remember that the association was officially founded the 19th of March of the year 1970, when Hugo Wegeser organized a meeting with 59 or maxillofacial surgeons from Europe and stressed the necessity of a scientific association that coordinates training and requirements for practicing our specialty. Oral maxillofacial surgery was developed mainly after the two world wars with the push of the appeal maxillofacial venous school in Graz, Austria. Constitutional statutes were signed and the initial requirements to become a member were to have at least three-year training and a dual MD, DDS degree. Also, membership was based on personal qualification and non-national societies till now. Paul Tessier, although plastic surgeon, played an important role at that time and pushed hard for the inclusion of craniofacial surgery in our specialty, and thus was nominated in 1970 as the first honorary member of the association. When we remember the history of the association, we can divide these 50 years in five blocks, 10 years, decades. In 1970, the foundation of the association in Zurich promoted by Hugo Wegeser. One year after, first honorary member was Voltaire, And also the European Oral Maxillofacial Surgery Association turns to European Association Maxillofacial Surgery. We don't know when or how disappeared the war oral. In 1972, the first Congress was held in Ljubljana under the presidency of Frank Selesnik. One year later, the first logo of the Europe Association and the first issue of the Journal of Maxillofacial Surgery. In 74, the Second Congress was held in Zurich under the presidency of Alba Gesser with an intense social program incorporated for every Congress. One year later, the Third Congress was in London under the presidency of Norman Rowe and the first educational programs between Congresses were established. The Fourth Congress had place in Venice, Italy, under the presidency of Camillo Curioni, with the first East European president of the association was elected, was Stefan Napik from Poland, Warsaw. There was the Fifth Congress, well, were some problems with subscriptions that were solved. In 1984-82, Sixth Congress was held in Hamburg with the presidency of Gerald Paver. And the new post of educational officer in the executive committee was started under um, Levignac from France. In 1984, the seventh European Congress 
took place in Paris under the presidency of Jean Dillet, with a great dissemination campaign of the specialty in the press and TV. Two years after, the Eighth Congress took place under the presidency of José Ramón Alonso de Loyo in Madrid, Spain, and the word cranio was included in the name of the association, and the journal also became Journal Cranio-Maxillofacial Surgery. The Ninth Congress took place in Athens under Christos Martis presidency, and a new post for assistant secretary in the executive committee was held and the new position of administrative assistant, who was named Jill McFarland. In 1990, 10th Congress in Brussels under Robert Presidency, Robert Pfeiffer, and a new category of training membership was created in 1990. The Board of European Cranium of Maxillofacial Surgery was established by European Specialist Medical Association, also, next year, the 11th Congress was held under the presidency of also the president of the International Association, Rudolf Fries, in Innsbruck. The adoption of guidelines of education training according to International Association were approved. In 1994, the 12th Congress took place in The Hague under also the, another president of the International Association, Paul Stolinga. One councillor from each nation was included in the council and the first office headquarters of the European Associations started were launched in United Kingdom. 1996, the 13th European Congress was the Jubilee Congress under the presidency of Hermann Sely in Zurich. Simultaneous translation for all presentations, this. Two years later, in the 14th European Congress in Helsinki under the presidency of Christian Lindquist. European associations and a member to act as conciliar from Europe in the International Association Executive Committee. And we have over 1,000 registered in the Congress. The fourth decade started in 2000 with the 15th European Congress in Edinburgh under the presidency of also the president of the International Association, John Williams. Changes in membership fees for Swiss to Francs, two euros were made. Two years later, the 16th Congress in Munster under the German Ulrich Hoss, launching of the Eastern European Educational Program. 2004, 17th European Congress in Tours, France, under the presidency of Bernard de Bochelle, and the launching of the website of European Association Eurofaces, and the new post of Median and Development Officer, so important today. Also, it took place a, a, a very important date. It was the first world facial transplantation made by the equipment of Professor de Bochelle. Two years later, in 2006, the 18th Congress took place in Barcelona under the Guillermo Raspal presidency. And also the European University Bologna agreement were approved. In 2008, the 19th Congress took place in Bologna under the presidency of Luigi Klauser and also the European Association branding with a new journal cover and new technologies and e-posters in the Congresses. In 2010, the last decade started with a Congress in Bruges under the presidency of Maurice Mommert. There were some scientific symposia of different national associations included in the program of the Congresses with high success. Two years later, the 21st Congress in Dubrovnik under the presidency of um, developed a misobedient that passed away some years ago, new post of a three executive advisors in the executive committee of the Arab Association. In 2014, 22nd European Congress in Prague under the presidency of Daniel Hruzak, with the launching of new website and APP for the Congress, and over 2,000 registered in one Congress. Two years after, 
the 23rd Congress took place in London under the presidency of Ian Martin with a new category of membership, the junior trainee and undergraduate student. New online webinar programs also was launched. Finally, in 2018, the 14-24 European Congress took place in Munich under the presidency of the German Klaus Dieter Schwolf and the 15th anniversary of the association program started. New PCO and uh, corresponded to Torres Pardo and started for these next uh, Congresses. And finally, in 2020, the 25th European Congress should have been take place in, in Paris under the presidency of Jean-Paul Meringod, but was postponed for this year a couple of months ago due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So this is a brief um, look to the history of these 50 years of the association with uh, many uh, things, many histories that we can talk about it. And thank you for your kind attention for these minutes. Very impressive. Thank you for that work. That's amazing work. And I know that the book that you edited must be chock full of amazing stories. Is there one story that um, about the development of the medical specialty in your region that you would like to share? Um, there are many. There are some words about uh, Ugo Vegeser that was the person that started moving the necessity to create a scientific association in Europe, uh, mostly to coordinate the, the, the training programs all over these many nations that we have um, in such a small space as Europe. So uh, initially he um, published a paper uh, during the Jubilee Congress in 1997 in our journal. Um, he talked about um, uh, the uh, initial um, contacts that were between the European um, surgeons and the American surgeons, because there were some um, concerns, mostly coming from the plastic surgery specialties and the ENT also about the double degree of uh, the, the future speciality of craniofacial or, or maxillofacial surgery. Remember that at that time, our speciality was not officially recognized in Europe. So initially, we had some problems with these um, other specialities. However, they understood that um, mostly based in the new techniques of um, osteotomies, mostly the Lefort one, two, or three, and the movements that we can do on the bones to move the different bones of the, of the head um, to improve the um, not only the aesthetics but also the functioning of the um, of the mandible, they uh, understood that uh, they need um, a, new, a new specialty that could take care with this knowledge of dental occlusion and also uh, advanced um, maxillofacial surgery. So. That is was very important, the contact with Dr. Paul Tessier, that was the, a very important figure, one of the most brilliant surgeons all over the time uh, that uh, developed many of these techniques. And uh, also even uh, so outstanding um, surgeons coming from the United States at, for example, uh, uh, Wolf, they knew that they um, uh, need some uh, knowledge about dental occlusion uh, and about dentistry that uh, had um, helped to develop correctly the surgery in our uh, region. That's why um, the more uh, initially the conflicts were with uh, mostly with uh, plastic surgeons, ENT, and everything was coming from the um, the surgery that was initially seen during the two world wars, because there we see, uh, we saw a lot of uh, lesions in the head and neck that uh, involved the, the maxillary and the mandible, and they should um, uh, be repaired not only by dentists, 
but also by uh, medical surgeons. So this is how everything was completely fixed. And then when uh, everyone was was in the same line, the, the association started and was launched in 1970 to fix all the, the, the knowledge uh, in these areas. Mm, fascinating. Wow, that's incredible. Dr. Acero, you must have a yeah. story. You jump uh, on in here. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, because uh, I'm so happy being here because this is also part of our own history. And so I would like to highlight two points of uh, Dr. Martin Granizo has summarized a so long history of the European Association, but the history of the specialty in Europe started before, as he said, after the First and Second World War. But I, I like to highlight uh, how the, 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 the diversity of the specialty in Europe showed how the, the, is the, the diversity of the specialty worldwide. And this is something that we have experienced from the International Association point of view. Uh, but finally, what uh, unify us as oral muscularians is the scope of the specialty that we want to, to highlight. You can uh, arrive to the uh, specialty from a tradition like the Central European, the Mediterranean tradition, or the North European, or the Latin American, or the uh, American or Asian. But finally, we share the same scope. And, uh, and so for that, I think that uh, I would like to, 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 to invite also uh, Nick because we have been, uh, I have been active in both the European and the international, but uh, Nick uh, is our representative in the executive committee of the IAMs. And uh, uh, I would like also to highlight the role of, uh, of uh, John Lowry. John Lowry was our former Secretary General, unfortunately passed away. He was also a person who tried to, let's say, to, uni to, to, to coordinate or to uh, bring harmony to the relationship between the European and the international. And so, Nick, uh, what's your opinion? How is the impact of, uh, after Rafa has summarized the history of our specialty in Europe, the interrelations with the global specialty from the European point of view, being you the representative of the uh, society, the European society and the International Association Executive Committee? Many thanks, uh, Molly and Rafa and Tracy, for the summary that we heard from Rafa and from you, Julio. What I want to mention, first of all, uh, just to thank from my side also Tracy and the IRMS for organizing this podcast. And uh, indeed, I have to say that personally, and hopefully the whole uh, ESCMFS has gained a lot from the interaction with the International Association of Orgonomics and Facial Surgeons. ESCMFS and maxillofacial surgery in Europe is a medically based specialty. It's not exclusive on that. We heard everything about the history and the historical developments, but the input and the emphasis of the specialty is currently in the medical degree with the inclusion of, of uh, the dental qualification. The specialty is fast improving. There are some differences, if I may say, with the other parts of the world with the emphasis of the specialty in Europe in head and neck oncology, as well as whilst in other parts of the world is mainly in the more traditional front of, of uh, let's say, more classical bone-related surgery, as we heard from uh, Dr. Uh, Martins Granitsma. Uh, but all in all, what matters to me is the interaction and what I think matters for the ESCMFS as representing the Europe as a developed part of the specialty globally is the interaction with the whole global community and uh, the emphasis that the future might hold for both associations and for the whole specialty in all facets. I don't want to monopolize further. I would like also to hear part of our a friend from Italy, the president uh, from 2024 to from 2022 to 2024, uh, Professor Manlio Gali. But this is the summary of my views of the development of the specialty in Europe and uh, the all more important interaction with the IOMS and the uh, representation of the ESCMFS in the global scene. Thank you. Dr. Gali, did you have a story to add? The specialty of maxillofacial surgery is very young. Uh, I would like to point uh, uh, on uh, the, the background and environment 
uh, when uh, uh, the uh, European Association of Cranial Maxillofacial Surgery was established by Hugo Obegeser, because this is very interesting to understand the future development. It has to be remembered that Europe uh, at, in uh, 1970 was uh, um, a widely differing collection of nations and uh, was divided north, south, east, west in terms uh, of uh, its origins. In North Europe, the origin of the specialty were from dentistry, whilst in the south, uh, there were medically based. And uh, similarly, Eastern Europe had a training in somatology and uh, a medical specialty with very little or no dentistry, a course uh, uh, which was also found in France. Also, the German-speaking countries had developed from a dual medical and dental training. Several countries, notably the UK, were to develop a similar training program to the Germans, but others were to follow in the course of time. Just to complicate the role of Eastern Europe was isolated from the West by the Iron Curtain created by the Soviet Union. And at the same time, the European Economic Community was being established. It was a need to take on board this enormous political influence. This was the background. This was, for me, the view of Hugo Wegeser as the first founder of our association to found this association against this background uh, with the attempt to uh, uh, put uh, all the specialty of maxillofacial surgery all together and uh, to uniform uh, every um, specialty in different parts of the Europe. Important insights. Thank you. So clearly your professional association as a hub for networking and education has been instrumental to the development of the specialty. So how has your involvement in EACMF and IOMS advanced the specialty? Professor Sarah, would you begin? So really, uh, uh, we had a clear impact in the evolution of the specialty, but not only in Europe, but also in the, in the world. I'm happy to say that I have a view, a long-term view, because I started being representative for Spain in the organization 21 years ago. I have been in the international chairman for education, European chairman for education. I have seen in these years, which is not so long in the whole history of the specialty, how, as I said, the scope, the approach in the different countries is, is changing. And this is the result of an interaction of sharing knowledge. I think that this is our responsibility. And we, from the European point of view, uh, co uh, working with our uh, colleagues in other parts of the world and having uh, joint meetings in the ICOMs in every part, I have seen how the quality of our meetings, the quality of the ICOMs, for instance, is improving and it is related to this uh, input of knowledge from the different parts of the world. And we European have been, as Mario Galli said, we had also Rafa and Nick in interaction with our American colleagues with other parts of the world sharing knowledge. So inside Europe, clearly was a big change as a result of our European conference, but also when we started with the education programs. And I can say that this was an incredible part of my life, I remember. Uh, in 2003, when Bernard de Bochel uh, was appointed as the president of the association, uh, he was a former education officer of the European Association, and he, uh, I was appointed as the new education officer uh, after him. And we started uh, having collaboration with a new discovered countries for us, was the whole Eastern Europe. Because as uh, Dr. Martin Radizo said, in 1989, the Iron Curtain fall down and a lot of uh, colleagues from all these countries uh, started to uh, be in to set contact with that. I remember the role of Rudolf Fries also, as uh, was said, president of the International Association in uh, setting up the uh, European Confederation, which was a 
let's say, uh, embryo of uh, what is to, uh, to the Europe. So uh, we started to have uh, meetings with the European uh, Bank uh, uh, colleagues, and I remember when uh, Bernard de Bochelle and the Student Committee uh, ordered, they said me, uh, to start organizing educational activities uh, with the East European colleagues. I discovered a new old new world because uh, all of them were enthusiastic, very keen to join us and to set up, to, to try to achieve the same standards. And uh, when we started with the first courses in IAS was in, in, in Romania. It was, I remember one trainee saying, don't leave us, please continue with this. But it was not easy. We didn't have economical financial resources at that time but a lot of enthusiasm from both parts, from the part of the European Association and from the part of the uh, Eastern European colleagues. Uh, so the programs uh, continued. We uh, uh, started new programs in, in, in Macedonia. I mean, now it's, uh, it was in Skopje, also in Poland, Bulgaria. So a lot of, 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 of programs which uh, give the opportunity. I think that is key, not only for Europe, but for the whole world, how uh, uh, we have to share knowledge and through education, uh, to uh, promote the uh, advance of the specialty. And this really changed Europe. And now we have a very strong uh, specialty and uh, many European, uh, Eastern European colleagues uh, involved also in your activities. So this was my, my impression, but Mario Galli was my successor as the education officer. I moved to uh, Chairman for Education International. So my activity uh, in education uh, went globally and continue with the same uh, interaction. And Malio, uh, your opinion concerning how uh, we have uh, con contributed to develop the, 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 the specialty in Europe and globally from the point of education. What was your experience as the education officer in the last six years? Thank you very much, uh, Julio. Um, as you told, uh, I was involved uh, in the European Association from uh, 2000. So my 20 years dates back uh, my uh, involvement in uh, the European Association. After our meeting today, I checked for so many documents um, and uh, I found uh, a couple of docu uh, documents from my archive, uh, very interesting. First of all, uh, what I think is that uh, cooperation between a scientific association would be of paramount importance in developing a common sense of teaching, spread of knowledge and education in our discipline. But there were ups and downs in the relationship between the international associations and the European association in the past. And I found uh, um, the, from the minutes of the uh, Inter International Association uh, Executive Committee in Las Vegas in February 2013, uh, the Executive Committee of the, International, of the International Association expressed officially at this meeting in Las Vegas its desire of cooperation and good atmosphere with the, the European Association asking the organization of the Congress in Barcelona to invite the European Association as a guest society. This was, uh, to me, maybe Julia could confirm this, a milestone in the relationship between uh, these two associations. And uh, in the meeting of the Executive Committee in Brussels, same year, 2013, Julio Acero, at that time, uh, education and training officer, was committed to set up uh, the active participation of the president of the European Association, Dan Ruzak, in the Congress uh, in Barcelona. And uh, on the other hand, the International Association will be invited to, pray, to Prague Congress. And uh, in Barcelona in 2006, uh, from the minutes of the executive committee, the secretary general reported that uh, at the general assembly in Tours, there had been agreement on the independent status of the European Association relative to international association. Two informal meetings had already taken place in Barcelona, and it has been agreed that the two associations would work together as sister association 
for example, in aspects on education and training and in the sharing of information. To me, this was the start of the close cooperation between the International Association and the European Association in the education matter uh, worldwide. And uh, uh, what about education? Uh, I was the education officer uh, for six years and uh, I took over the post of Julio and we uh, shared our exper experience, especially uh, in, uh, um, in Eastern Europe, where uh, we uh, created a format of courses uh, dedicated uh, to, the, uh, to the trainees of that country that uh, many times were impossible for trainees from that country to move and to attend the congresses uh, uh, all over the world. And uh, why education in cranial maxillofacial surgery? Education is the very essence of our discipline and for many reasons. And the exchange of knowledge and experiences between people is not only important for uh, uh, development processes, but also for preserving traditional knowledge uh, resulting from lives and activities of different generation. And uh, I believe it is very important to realize that spending on education is an investment, but not a cost. Even if uh, most discussions today are about uh, healthcare, these days are centered only on its problem, such as uh, spiraling costs, lack of access, and even quality but we should encourage the possibility of a better future for our patients by assuring efficient high-quality care with a team-based approach. And the progress of our discipline is based on innovation, technology, and research. Julio reported on our activity in education, but I would like again to report the trainee feelings. Also, this article is from the history book of the European Association. And this was the sentences from the, our trainee representatives, Martin Rakowalski and Francesco Lemma. It is very interesting because our guide in education are the trainees and their feeling. It is reported there. Every maxillofacial surgeon had his first day of training. And this was probably similar for everyone. I didn't know anyone. I had absolutely no sense of what I was supposed to do all day. And I only saw my boss for a total of about 10 minutes. And that's a generous estimate. Even if it is a distant memory, that day was the beginning of every sparkling career. If we look at that day and the months that followed, it appears quite clear that the training period is important to build not only a skilled surgeon, but also a future professional in every aspect of her life. Training is the period in which we develop a network of professional relationship that sometimes evolve in, into real friendship. This should be our guide in planning our education activity. Unfortunately, the years uh, 2020 and 2021 are representing transition, transitional years as uh, the outbreak uh, of COVID-19 affected almost all aspects of our life. We tried to respond in emergency with a full program of scientific webinars, but there is no substitute for social interaction. So we look forward to the opportunity to connect face-to-face -face once again, very soon. In 10 years from 2016 to 2020, 27, 
the European Congress were and will be in London, Munich, Paris, Madrid, Rome, and Athens, and a very travel across uh, Europe and history. This is our distinctive uh, distinction as a European association. Thank you. Yeah, what a beautiful impact statement that is. And I love the the segue. Thank you for that, Dr. Ghali, because we've touched on the history of the development of the CMF specialty in your region. But what contemporary issues does the specialty face? Where do you see it evolving into the future? Dr. Calarevos, would you get us started? What do you think about that? Thank you very much. Uh, really, really very powerful presentations from uh, uh, Julia Serro and Malio Galli uh, with very uh, strong emotional aspect, showing the link of the bonding that this uh, association has with uh, maxillofacial surgery across Europe. And uh, I just want also, both of them are really very humble persons and uh, I'm really honored being in the company and friendship. And I would like to be a bit more specific because I talk, before I talk about the future, I want to mention a few things that very concretely they've achieved in the last 20 years. The European Association for Craniomaxillofacial Surgery has an established, unique, rolling, accredited program of seminars, of courses, that actually European trainees from across Europe are covered partially with the cost of the said course. And the course covers the whole syllabus, the whole spectrum of craniomaxillofacial surgery. This is an established practice for almost 20 years, and I think this is credit to both of these gentlemen who have been the educational officers of the association. In addition, there have been established scholarships, established traveling uh, scholarships and fellowships in the name of Hugo, Hugo Obvigeza. Of course, sponsored Congress participation for Eastern European trainees. In the last few years, there is an established rolling program with fortnightly uh, webinars, which was spearheaded by our Assistant Secretary uh, of the European Association, Satish Prabhu. And this is an established practice over the last uh, three, four years. Just to mention that uh, just before we start this podcast, Professor Gali uh, was lecturing on that webinar, over 400 participants. It shows the activity and the participation and the bonding, as I mentioned, for the specialty. And uh, I will start from that point, saying a few things about the future, if I may say. Manlio Gali started uh, by saying that we follow now the southern part. We start from next year from Madrid, and this is a unique point. Hopefully, it will be the first conference of recovery, uh, or well overdue uh, recovery for face-to-face meeting. But uh, the role of the European Association is not only the biannual conferences. Let's say this is the pinnacle of the activities. However, the way that the three of us, because we represent the current president, the president-elect, and myself, the junior president-elect, how we see what we have as a unified front is, as our first priority, the enhancement of the role of the European Association for Criminal Maxillofacial Surgery in education and training. And what do we mean by that? I gave already an overview what already exists. But I think there is more to be done. Uh, last year, the subspecialty group in head and neck oncology, spearheaded by uh, the, most of the executive with experience and tradition in head and neck oncology, uh, has published one of position papers. And we envisage to do this in all the facets of the subspecialty groups of the, of the craniomaxillofacial surgery from head and neck oncology to facial deformity and orthognathy, to TMJ surgery, to trauma, to aesthetics, to congenital disease. This in combination with the European lecture series and the rolling program and the online training and 
idea that the rolling program can be further augmented with courses, cadaveric courses, Professor Serra can speak about this, is essentially founding and forming the basis of what is strong education activities from the European Association. Hopefully, in the not that distant future, we can be able to call that the ESCMFS creates a C, an ESCMFS surgical school with potential certification. But I don't want to do blue sky thinking. I just want to go to specifics that we can achieve. Equally, as my pre the speakers before me already mentioned, the divisions, the separations, and the difficulties across Europe. Uh, we're about 40, 45 countries represented in the European Association. So we have the responsibility to achieve as much as possible an equal development of the specialty across Europe. We have to heal the differences and we have to see what is joining us, what unifies us. And I think this does not apply only in Europe. This has been also, hopefully, my role and my presence as a, uh, as a representative of the ESMFS within the Council, within the Executive Committee of IOMF. And also, finally to that, I would like to add a very unique role that the ESMFS has with the European Association of Medical Specialists, UEMS. ESMFS, and allow me to say, is probably the single geographic zone within in a global uh, in a global aspect that has a certified every two years specialty exams. We have already over two hundred successful uh, candidates in in what we call eBOMs, so the Fellowship of the European Board in Oral Maxillofacial Surgery. And of course, these exams, the certification for the European Board in Oral Maxillofacial Surgery takes place at the time, at the beginning of the European Conference. One single unfortunate exception due to COVID restrictions was, of course, Paris. But hopefully, we'll resume all these activities uh, in, uh, in uh, September. Uh, 2022 by having the European Board exams at the beginning of the conference in Madrid. And uh, finally, just to bring up to speed what happens with COVID, I think uh, ESMFS, as part of a, a global society, has to have a unifying role in extreme situations. We, we, we have to have a unified role to, uh, to play through the, all the national scientific societies in the extremes like the pandemic that we currently experience. We have to break the boundaries in knowledge and, of course, trying to unify the attitude and the conduct through our associations, through the ESMFS, and, of course, through the IOMS in this uh, global challenge. Thank you. What a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. Dr. Acero, any closing thoughts for today? Thank you, Tracy. So I think that we had a unique opportunity to share the European point of view and the history of the specialty in Europe with our colleagues globally through uh, the podcast organized by the International Association. So again, my gratitude to the International Association for organizing this podcast and to you and everybody involved in this. So I think that uh, my colleagues and myself we have uh, shared what uh, how was our history, what our our plans for the future. I think that is also unique having here as panelists, uh, not only myself uh, humble uh, serving as the current president, but the next president, two presidents of the European Association. So I think that the future is warranted, and you. Uh, have here about our our project. So I think that uh, this can sum be summarized very briefly in, in some words. In that based on our history, 
which was debuted honoring our predecessors, giants of surgery in Europe and globally, and looking to the future, we in the European Association would like to contribute through education to the advance of the specialty and to share our spirit, European spirit with our colleagues globally. So I'm sure that uh, many colleagues, especially young colleagues throughout uh, the world are hearing this uh, conversation. And uh, I would like to encourage all of them, especially the youngest, uh, to actively participate in uh, the activities of uh, the regional associations, if they are European, European, you are Asian, Asian, if you are Latin American, Latin American, North American, African, uh, but also internationally with the international association, I think that sharing knowledge uh, we clearly will contribute to advance the specialty. So this has been a new opportunity to share this, and we have to ask, at least what said frequently, and uh, to ask ourselves what can our associations uh, do for for me that we, what can we do for the for for the specialty and so contributing as we have shown from the European uh, region to the world and also uh, I would like as uh, my colleague said to, to invite uh, all of you to participate actively participate we would like to welcome you in Madrid next European uh, Congress September 22nd uh, as uh, Nick said probably will be the uh, one of the uh, first opportunity, if if the pandemic situation, it, it looks like, would be probably to uh, welcome you and to share uh, globally our uh, knowledge and uh, also our friendship from Europe to the world. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, all of you. Thank you, my colleagues and all uh, the attendants. Thank you again for joining us today. Visit us online at www.iaoms.org to become a member of our vibrant global community and to access a variety of education and timely resources. Stay up to date by following IOMS on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast while you're here so you're the first to know when new episodes are released. Until next time.